Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Once again, this is a series on spiritual warfare. And we are looking particularly at the armor of God. And right now we're at the stage in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17, where Paul describes now the fifth piece of God's invincible armor that we are to have on, but the second piece that we are to take. And that is the helmet of salvation. And he simply says, and take the helmet of salvation. Now remember again that the helmet protects your head. Amen? And your head is a key target in battle. You know, you cut somebody's head off, and that's pretty much the end of the fight. Can we agree on that? Amen. Okay. (laughs) And uh, it is so important that we keep our head in the battle. Amen? And we need to stay focused. And we talked about this last week. If you lose your focus and your mind starts to wander, you lose your battles. And so much of the time, that's what Satan uses, distractions. I don't know how many times I've wanted to do something and been distracted. And then sometimes I don't even remember what I got distracted from till much later when it's too late. This is the war that we're in. We don't see, we don't consider that a battle. We just go, oh, I forgot again. It's a battle. If, if, if you've been hurt by it in some way, if you've lost out in some way, the enemy took advantage of you. Amen? And, you know, there have been times when, you know, just as a very simple little example, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I need to call this person by a certain time because there's a time limit on the thing. And I remember after the time. And then I can't do anything about it. Then I'm frustrated. Because I didn't call them. Now I have to wait the whole day before I call them again. These are battles that we're in. We don't realize, but they are constantly going on in our life. And what we need to do is now start approaching them in that way. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't say what the world says. Oh, you know what? We're getting old and we're losing our memory. Be transformed. Amen? By the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. We'll get to that as well. But we need to understand that we're in a battle and we need to understand that even the little things we need to take back. And the way you take that back is say, you know what? In the name of Jesus, I will not forget next time. And Lord, you will remind me and I have a good memory. I have the mind of Christ. Now we're fighting. Let's move on here. We looked at the fact that this helmet of salvation isn't getting saved because this is on the believer that is already saved. This is about understanding the surety of your salvation. Understanding that you are saved. You are going to heaven. There's no question. And if that's a surety in you, then whatever battles you face, you always face it with that in mind. You face it with the fact that you are saved and all of heaven's resources are at your disposal. Did you get that? That's what this helmet is about. You need to know that that's what your salvation means to you. That's why the Apostle John said, Behold, he said, look and see, okay? What manner of love is this? That we should be called the children of God. He had a revelation of his salvation. He knew that he was God's son. Amen? We were watching a trailer. And uh, it was a Wonder Woman trailer. So there's this one little scene in the trailer that the guy that she's talking to says, so who was your father? And she says, oh, my father was Zeus. And he stops for a minute and he goes, 
cool. <laughs> you know? And, you know, because Zeus is a god. And I said to Sarah, and our father is the guy that made Zeus. We are God's children. I said, isn't it sad? We, we listen to that and go, wow. And then we look at ourselves and go, oh yeah, I'm God's child. No revelation of salvation. We don't understand what has actually happened. That we are in another kingdom and the creator of all things is our daddy. Anything goes wrong, he can fix it. Amen? And the thing is, he's given us the power to fix things. You know, it's interesting that he didn't make us dependent on him. Let me go down this road for a second. It's sad the way Christianity is preached today. A lot of it comes down to, we're just always dependent on God. Now, don't get me wrong. We always look to God. He is our first. He's our Alpha and our Omega. Don't get me wrong in what I'm about to say. No, man, don't misquote me, okay? He is our Alpha and Omega. He's our everything. But he also wants us to get out of our nappies and do something. That's the reason why Jesus said, where's your faith? Remember he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When he said that, that was the Father saying to them, where is your faith? Why can't you do this? How long must I be with you? You see, the whole point of this is that we are to engage in battle. That's why we are to put on the armor. That's why we are to take the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and we'll get to the sword of the Spirit. Amen? We're meant to take those things on. We're meant to go into battle with those things. Amen? Now, see, that doesn't change our love for God. In fact, it should increase our love. Because Dad says, see, I told you you could do it. And you go, oh, thanks, Dad. Thank you for believing in me when I didn't believe in myself. I don't know how many times God has encouraged me, go on, you can do this. And I want to stand there and go, you do it. (laughs) Amen. And he says, no, you do it. I'll be with you. The Lord working with them. Amen. Not for them, with them. You take a step, he'll solidify the water. Amen. But you need to get on it before he can do that for you. Hallelujah. Okay. Again, all of this has to do with your thinking, with your mind. That's what <laughs> the helmet is meant to protect. Your brain. Amen? Notice in First John chapter 5 and verse 13, we looked at this before. That's the reason why the Apostle John said that you may know that you have eternal life. We can't be guessing. We need to know. See, eternal life means that the moment you got saved, you were living forever in heaven from that moment on. You don't have to die before you get to heaven. That's the reason why the term born again isn't sufficient. It should be born again from above. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because when you're born again from above, you change citizenship. You now become a citizen of heaven. All of heaven's provision are now yours. All of heaven's power now becomes yours. And all of heaven's resources are at your disposal. Remember Elijah on the mountain? You know he didn't pray once, Oh God, protect me. He just said to God, Open the servant's eyes. He's freaking out. He didn't pray once for protection. And what did the servant see? The whole mountain. Wow, full of chariots of fire. Angels are standing there going, Give us a word, we'll kill them all. 
We don't care. No, <laughs> no, they care, but you're not trying to say. I mean, you know, anybody want to touch you? They have no problem taking them out. That's the reason why we are to show mercy, because we have this entourage waiting to just slice and dice. What do we do? Kill him, Lord, kill him. God's going, please don't do that. You don't realize what's behind you. You don't realize what is at your disposal. Whenever you open your mouth, things start to happen. Let me throw something at you. You ready to catch this? I hope you do. I'm going to throw a what if at you. What if, when you get to heaven, God says to you, you know, you had a little complaint, and you said, you know, life could have been better, you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, sheesh, you know. <laughs> okay? Uh, whatever you want to fill in there in the blanks, okay? Whatever you gripe with, you have with him. And it, he turns around and says to you, if you asked anything in my name, I would have given it to you. But you didn't ask, you complained. You complained about what you didn't have instead of asking for what you had need of. I promised you anything. Why didn't you ask? And when you asked, you didn't really believe. Hmm? It was like, oh, let's check this out. What if I told you, if you asked and believed, you would have had everything you asked for? In fact, I was getting you to ask. It was me inspiring you to ask. Because half the time you don't know what to ask for. But you always thought it was too much and you thought, no, 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 that's not for me. What if you had that conversation? What would you think of right then? Oh, I wish I could go back and do it all again. There you go, you got the revelation. You're here, you're not dead yet. That's the good news. <laughs> okay? You can do something about this. You see, we don't realize the power that is at our disposal. We don't try to work on that. We don't try to improve it. Because we don't realize that we could be directing world affairs, global affairs, out of our mouth, from the heart as we speak. Mountains begin to move. And when we don't like something we see on the news, we just move that mountain. Will God do it for you? Yeah, He wants to. He just needs you to believe and speak. Amen? How do you get to that place? Well, by listening to preaching like this. No. <laughs> but, but somebody needs to encourage you on. Somebody needs to bring, turn a light on on the inside of you. Amen? So that you can do something here and now. And please, if you do it once and it doesn't work, don't stop. Keep at it. Know that it's there waiting for you. That's your helmet of salvation. You know. If you do this, it will work. Just keep at it till it works. Don't quit. Never quit. Amen? And push the boundaries. Keep pushing the boundaries. See, this is one of the things, again, you know, we have this idea that if we do it once and it doesn't work well, then that's not for me. People have written books on that is not for me. And everybody else, because it didn't work for me. Because they didn't push boundaries. Amen? And I don't know how many times I've said, well, you know, if, if this was meant to happen, well, the first time we did it, it should happen. Wow. 
I'm glad you didn't take that view when you started to walk. Amen. How many times did you get up and fall? And all those people that wrote those books, not one of them, Sunday one day just jumped out of their little pram, got their pipe, puffed along and said, yes, I'm walking now. Because I was meant to walk, see? So here I am walking. Right. That'd be a weird, possessed baby. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that ever happened. Wouldn't you be concerned? I'd be concerned. Especially the smoking the pipe thing, you know? Anyway, remember again that this is a part of the believer's armor. Therefore, it is not speaking of salvation itself, but the surety of our salvation in battle. Let's get back to this helmet, okay? That is where much of the time the battle is either won or lost. Why the psalmist said in Psalm 140, verse 7, he says, O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. He keeps you steady. He keeps your mind on the thing that you need to keep your mind on. That you don't drift. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have an all-powerful, all-knowing God looking after you. And He wants you to start walking in His ways. We need to get to the place where we're walking in God's power and in God's wisdom. That we can look at something and know stuff. What do you think the nine gifts or manifestations, they shouldn't be gifts, they're actually manifestations. The nine manifestations of the Spirit are talking about. Three of them have to do with knowledge. Present, past and future. You should know everything about everything. Amen? As God gives you that insight. Now, you know the reason why is it is as the Spirit wills? is because you'd go crazy if you knew everything. You wouldn't be able to manage it. But understand something, the door is open for you to know anything. But you say, but that's never happened. You've never asked. You haven't known you can do it. Ask and wait. And don't think, oh, that's impossible. You'll be surprised at how God will start talking to you. That's the reason why it is so important that we spend time in prayer. See, a lot of times people think, oh, prayer, that's that religious thing. No, no, no. That's the time that you actually get to hear what God's voice is like. We should be in prayer all day. We shouldn't be just praying here and there. We should be in prayer all day. We should be connected constantly. Now, it takes a bit of a disciplined mind for you to listen to what's coming at you, and at the same time have your ear to God about what's actually going on, and how to respond to it all in the right way, rather than be moved by what's in front of you. Because a lot of times we want to deal with what's in front of us. But what God's saying is, step aside, step aside. Get away from that, and listen to me. And respond in the way I tell you to. Let me give you this as a little example. So there was Sarah and myself. We were at Woolworths. If this is an international audience, I'm sorry. It's a, it's, it's a store, okay? And uh, we were buying something for the house, a carpet shampoo. And anyway, as I was looking at it, I thought, oh, the same company makes a trigger pack, you know, as well, in sort of the spraying ones. And I thought, oh, let me put that next to it and compare the two. While I'm standing there comparing the two, this lady comes up and grabs the thing and takes off. And then the scenarios begin in your mind. Things like, well, that was a bit rude. Or, you know, well, excuse me, I hadn't finished with that. Or, you know, you, know, you, you can, can you just do your own thing? Okay, so you go down all of these things. So I'm going down all of these things. Later on in prayer, suddenly, God just steps up. And He says, here's my solution. 
It's funny how he does it. I saw myself saying this, and it wasn't something that I imagined saying. Because I imagined saying a whole lot of other things. Okay? <laughs> and he showed me saying this. Oh, did you want any more? Because there's more in the back there. It's kind of hidden, so you can't actually see them all. So it looks like that, that aisle is empty, but there is actually some more in the wrong place. So instead of getting mad at the woman taking the one that I had there, we should have been offering, is that enough or did you want a few more? Because that's just one can. Maybe the person needed more. See, I would never have thought of that. Here comes the helmet of salvation. Here comes the, you're saved. You're going to heaven. All of heaven's resources are at your disposal. Don't get so clutchy. Be generous. <laughs> Amen? Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Are you beginning to see this now? See, this is again where we go wrong, where we mess up. And we need to understand there is a battle going on. And I could have carried that around with me all day and been upset and everything. Or I could have realized I did the wrong thing. I didn't respond quickly enough in the right way. And I missed an opportunity to show this person you don't have to fend for yourself all the time. Just a thought. Alright, back to this. And this now relates to what I've been saying, alright? I want you to notice in this, where again, he says, Oh God the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. Notice that God did not remove David from the battle. He protected him. See, we're always asking God to remove us from the battle. God's saying, no, somebody needs to fight. Understand something, sometimes you are the person that's there. At the supermarket, my fight was to show this person generosity, a better way. I lost that fight, I'm sad to say. But next time, ah, see now we've learned and we have now stored that away. Amen. That's the fight. Those are your battles. How are you doing? Is this helmet slipping off? <laughs> Is it still on? All right. Let's move on. <laughs> Returning to the book of Ephesians. It's important to note that earlier in this letter, now remember we're talking about Ephesians chapter 6, but earlier in this letter, the Apostle Paul had already spoken of salvation and the fact that we are saved by grace through faith and are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. I want to look at those scriptures in Ephesians chapter 2 and beginning in verse 4. Because this is what your salvation consists of. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us. Stop there for a minute. Understand, God loves you so very much. Okay? You need to understand, that's the beginning of all of this. Your salvation, the surety of your salvation, the provision, the protection, all of those things is because God loves you so very much. We use it as a cliche, but we don't get what it actually entails. Amen? And He's willing to release power into your life at any point in time that you need it. Verse 4 again, He says, But God who is rich in mercy, notice, He's rich not in judgment, but in mercy. In other words, you mess up, you go, Dad, don't worry about it. I did it again. Don't worry about it. As long as you acknowledge your sin. Amen? Always acknowledge it. And he'll be like, yeah, forget about it. Let's move on. That's how good he is. It's the devil that makes a big deal out of it. Because he took a long time to get you to do it. 
Now he's going to hold on to it. And if you just keep like, yeah, oh, and God goes, yeah, don't worry. He said, like, what the? What just happened there? Took me weeks to get him to do that or say that or have that bad attitude. And in seconds, he's just dropped it and moved on. That's not fair. Yeah, welcome to our life. <laughs> Amen. Where we got Jesus as the defense counsel, God the Father as the judge, it's all fixed. And the accuser of the brethren comes in and, yeah, they have no chance. Absolutely no chance. Praise God. Alright, so, he says, God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses or unsaved, okay, made us alive together with Christ, by grace have you been saved. And raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Did you get all of this? See, this is what the helmet of salvation consists of. We weren't just saved, but we are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. Where is Jesus Christ seated? At the right hand of God. The most honored place that there is. In fact... People say that it's not really the right hand, it's the right side of God. Because He goes back into God and comes out of God. Now think about this, if you are in Christ and every time He goes into God, you're in there as well. Hallelujah. So why are we so worried about our salvation then? If we're actually living inside of God Himself. Now can you see why God says, where's your faith? All of the power you need is there. You're in me, I'm in you. There is a conduit there. You are plugged into the greatest source of energy that has ever existed. It is power that is so strong that even angels can't stand in its presence. And we need to tap into that. And it seems like the way you do it is through your heart. But your mind needs to be renewed in order for your heart to tap in. Interesting, isn't it? If your mind thinks it's impossible, then it won't let your heart in. But if it believes, if you know in your head, that's why the renewal of the mind takes you from God's good, acceptable, into His perfect will. What do you think God's perfect will is? Walking in power that is unlimited. As you speak something, it happens. Amen. Whatever knowledge you want, it's there. All the things that Jesus Christ did, and then the things that start happening around you will become signs of it. And again, it won't be everything that you can do. They'll just be the little signs that start turning up. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, let's continue here. This is your helmet of salvation, okay? I'm reading all of this for you to build your helmet now. And again he says, And raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places, in Christ, that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace. Exceeding riches of His grace. In His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. See, God isn't mad. He wants to be kind towards us. Kindness consists of good thoughts and good deeds. Amen? When you are kind towards someone, you're thinking well of them, and you want to do good to them, for them, whatever the case is. For by grace you have been saved through faith. I'm in verse 8 now. Notice again, he says, For by grace you have been saved 
through faith. Notice, there's no question, you are saved. It didn't say it was a temporary salvation. It didn't say, for by grace, are you temporarily saved through faith until you mess up and then you got to do it again? And notice he says, and that not of yourselves, so you can't mess it up. It is the gift of God. Now watch this, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So it has nothing to do with you. And how good you are and all the stuff you do to work to get it. This is by grace, through faith. It is God's gift to you. That's your salvation. When you go into a fight and the devil starts messing with your head and says, oh, you're not going to win this because blah, blah, blah. Say, shut up. Those two should be the only two words you ever tell the devil. Don't ever chat to him. He lies. He's a pathological liar. His brain is wired to lie. That's why Jesus said there's no truth in him. If you go looking for truth, you get lost. It's not there. <laughs> there's nothing in there. There's no truth in him. Okay, he was a liar from the beginning. Sad, isn't it? A perfect creature has fallen so far down. And all by himself, there was no one to tempt him. So what this tells us, and we'll finish with this for today. What this tells us is that the position of power and authority we now have with Christ is far greater than that of Satan and his mighty supernatural army. Because our position in the third heaven is so much greater than his position in the first heaven. Did you get that? You see, all of these principalities and powers and rulers, they're all in the air. But where are we seated? Do you understand the three heavens? The first heaven that the Bible talks about is the sky. Okay, is what we can see where the birds fly and all that. Okay, The second heaven is the universe outside, where the planets and all of that rotate. The third heaven is where God lives. It's dimensional. It's a different dimension. Okay, That's the third heaven. That's where God lives. It's a spiritual dimension. So what he's saying to us, and the revelation I want you to take home with you today, is because a lot of times you think, oh man, how come we have to deal with that stuff up in the air and we're down here? You know, you feel a little bit overpowered. And then you get this revelation. You in heaven. At the right hand of God, seated with Christ, that position looks down on the devil. That position looks down on this heaven. Amen? Because that heaven is so much further, higher, and more powerful than this one. So regardless of what the devil thinks he has, and whatever power or advantage he thinks he has, we have so much more, but we need to allow our mind to receive that, get a hold of it, and act on it. So that we're not looking up when we're dealing with the devil. We are looking down. And that's the reason why. You can tell him, get under my feet. That's your helmet. That's a part of the revelation that you need. In order to win this fight. We'll leave it there for today. We'll come back and pick it up next time. I honestly thought we'd finish today. But let's, let's not rush through this. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed. Every eye